What's going on? It's Quincy Avery here. Y'all keep asking about my beard game, how it looks so luxurious. I'm going to break it down better than I can give you the breakdown on the X's and O's. It's not just my genetics, my DNA. I have a very specific Scotch Porter lineup. Wash, condition, balm, serum. That's a regular regimen for my beard that's full looking and healthy looking. Always camera ready, whether I'm about to go on a date or coaching on the field. Now, here's the major keys. Scotch Porters has clean, non-toxic formulas that actually work with real results. And because I've got your back, I've secured the exclusive for you. Hit the link and use code QBUnplug. You'll see a $75 Scotch Porter bundle that you will get for free when you spend $50 and use promo code QBUnplug to check out. Upgrade your game with Scotch Porter. Your bid will thank you forever and ever. Can I ask a question that the people want to know? Ask Go a ahead. question. The floor is yours. Say less. D-Y, my boy. Keep it above. What's up? It make you feel a certain type of way that C.J. Stroud and Houston baller right now. Welcome to QB Unplugged. I am Quincy Avery, quarterback in Salton, and I have my friend, my partner, the follow Deshaun Watson, brought to you by Lockerverse. Tap in for exclusive content. Join the Dog Pound community. This week, we have special guest, Cam Newton. Cam, we appreciate you hopping on. Ooh, what it do? Why, before we get into Cam, let's talk a little bit about this weekend. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, the Cleveland Browns at Dog Pound don't get to move on. How you feel about it? No, nah, yeah. So we, you know, we we got a lot of injuries and and guys that were, you know, banged up. But you know, once you step on the field, you got to produce. And um, yeah, it just didn't go away. It's tough. Not only did y'all have banged up guys on the field trying to make it happen, just like just depth issues. You know what I'm saying? The missing a number of linemen, missing the. The best running back in the NFL, missing one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, there's so many yeah, people. Just, y'all didn't have a lot of people out there who still you banged know, up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and they, you got a lot of guys that are, are playing, but you have a lot of backup guys who it's no, you know, you, you can't fault them. They just not getting there. You know what I'm saying? We got to sign guys off free agency in the streets and just to come in and learn the system and try to play with this safety that's been playing with. Nah, that's that's tough. That's tough to do. And uh, it's, at the end of the day, it's not man, just play; he, it's communication too. Like you know, yeah, what I'm saying you you got but, you got guys with the game communicate at a high level. Fast, but you know you got to give you some credit. Them boys, you know, they play hard and they and they made the plays when the plays was there. You know, at the end of the day. Yeah, and I'm gonna give my uh, my hats off. I think we talked about it last year. Week, I told you, I think CJ Stroud's playing quarterback as well as anybody in the NFL, and I think Bro. that. He went out there, he did it. And I'm proud of him as, you know, someone who we got an opportunity to work with. I'm sure you were like, you wanted Cleveland to win, but seeing somebody you worked with, seeing somebody you spent a lot of time with, seeing them play that well, um, I'm sure that meant a lot. So my dog coming back, the Cleveland Browns coming back. Yeah, and I yeah. promise you, I promise you next year going to be better than this year because my <laughs> dog, that shoulder getting right, you know what I'm saying? You know him, bro. <laughs> I'm hearing everything. I'm seeing everything. I'm just, you know, I'm working. I'm working. So it's going to be a time and there's going to be a place for everything. And right now I just say my time. So everybody, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm working. I'm in a lot. This week we have the most special guest, Mr. Cam Newton. Yes, yeah, yeah. sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cam, how you feeling? Man, listen, if I was any better, I'd be a twin. You dig what I'm saying? Cam, someone uh, special to me. First, let me start by giving this gentleman his flowers. Um, I'd argue right now you are the most influential person of the last 20 years in football. And when I say that, it's not just yeah. the things you've done on the field. <laughs> it's a lot of shit people don't know about you, right? I, I know because I'm in Atlanta, right? Yes, so you sir. cut off football on a Sunday. On a Saturday or any game on a Friday night, it's someone you work with, you train, from Deshaun Washington to Justin Fields. Yep. You know, there's so many people out there um, who are products of things that you've helped them out with. 
not to go along with that, you are to me the best college quarterback ever. I know Deshaun might argue with that. Um, but now right I just want to say thank you. <laughs> we twins now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He, he got me get to where I'm at. You feel me? Yeah. So we so uh, we Carolina surrogate sons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right on the pipeline of '85. You feel me? Yes, sir. So yeah. I went. But we gonna hop right into it. This week, playoffs happen. Uh, we you had a conversation previously talking about game managers. You know what I'm saying? A lot of those guys you call game managers were not able to take their teams over the hump. How do you feel about that statement now? Like after you said it, look back. Heard Man. all the people who aren't doing what you what you've done talk about her graphic. First off, let's let's identify this. Being a game manager is not a slap of of suppressing somebody's talent. I think if anybody should know this is you, uh, Mr. Quincy, as far as managing or having the ability to manage the game at a high level. I think the difference between Game manager and game changer, it's simple. It's like tears, right? Like we're, we've seen this sport have people to take over, right? That's not to say a game changer or a game manager cannot because they both can. I think when you think about, all right, a game manager, they need extracurricular talent to enable them to do that. And that does not say a game changer cannot still be a game manager. If all options are not available, then what do you do? Playing a quarterback position is, is something that you have to be able to improv. You have to be able to stick within the confines of the play caller's purpose. You also have to be able to say, hey, this ain't no good ass play. Shit, but I'm gonna make it work. You see what I'm saying? And that's that's in essence what it was. I, I I'm a fan of of Dak Prescott for obvious reasons, right? But at the same time, when I'm looking at him, I'm not. And I said it before. I wasn't fearful if I was preparing for the Dallas Cowboys of the Dallas Cowboys defense more so than I am Dak Prescott. You know what I'm saying? That's not to say Dak Prescott is not good. They have to come up with a bigger answer for Ceedee Lamb than actual Dak Prescott. So, two look the same way. When I think about the Dolphins, it's not that I don't think about Tua Tungvaloa. It's just like, yo, Tyreek Hill, where is he? You know what I'm saying? The Jalen Waddles of, of the world. So, it, I think we have to not take it as a me saying that you're not good because that's not that was not my indication for saying that as a whole. I think saying somebody's a game manager is actually high praise. Right, you can yeah. operate within this offense, do exactly what we do it, and do it through the coach's eyes. Mm -hmm. I think you might have called Tua game manager. To me, I'm not sure if he's at that level yet. He's not at the Dak Prescott. He's not at the Brock Purdy level of running through the offense, yeah. going, getting from read one to read two to read three. I think if he was, that team would be a little further along. I think he forces some things. Uh, but I, I get what you're saying. I think that it takes a lot of skills to be that game manager. Do you, both of you guys, Y'all think that maybe sometimes not being a game manager held you back because you both have tremendous so, ability to do things outside of schedule and like just not playing on schedule might have hurt you in your career. You go first. Too. I, I I say for me, I think not necessarily in a, in a full game, but like the first half of the game. Because you know, Cam, a lot but, of a lot of time, I'm not sure if 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 your OCs did it, but like the first fifteen plays, first twenty plays, already started. Yeah, you know what that is. So you're trying to play within that. All right, this is where the ball usually go. You go throughout the week. You go throughout the different looks. All right, this, here, here, here. I've never been a fan of that just because I know the other team's going to adjust quick and I got to adjust because cool. they're not going to play me the same way like the other quarterback. They're not going to play me the same way like Brock Purdy. You feel me? Yeah. They're not going to play me the same way like a tour because I can use my legs, I can run, I do a lot more movement in the pocket, things like that. So, like, for me, I think like the first half, like I'm trying to figure it out, and like I start off slow. But once that third and fourth quarter come around, Man. now you just calling your best plays. You trying to make some shit work, and you got to make your playmakers got to make plays, especially in that fourth quarter. Absolutely, and, and just to echo that, there's times in my career where I felt like I was managing the game and we were succeeding, and then there's times where I tried to be a game changer and ended up hurting the team. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 
I give you one better. Uh, I I played Deshaun one time, and this was when I was in New England. We went to Houston. Yeah. And this is a perfect example of really a quarterback getting it. And I'm giving you guys intel that you probably didn't know. There was times in that game where the elite managing of a player was displayed. It was like, whoa, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We knew he was good. But them motherfuckers didn't know he was that good, you know what I'm saying? Because there were certain throws being placed in positions that his he couldn't have walked it to and handed it to a receiver any better. And that's what I seen for myself. It was like, God damn, motherfucker on fire. We all have those games where it's, bro, I can't miss, you know what I'm saying? So I think really, you know, for me, the great ones, right? And when you talk about great, we talk about elite game managers, the Peyton Mannings, the Drew Breeses, the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers of the world. But when everything is still covered, how do you still then make a play, right? right. And that's what they are able to do consistently where it's like, fuck, well, like I thought we called the, 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 best, the best coverage or we got, you know, pressure, but it just didn't hit home. You know, elite game managing is, hey, 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 easy, not 52. Hey, let's go 48 to Mike. Let me slide this to buy me an extra second just so I could throw a flat route. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Now, it may not look like a big deal on a stat line, but you got a plus two yards rather than a negative eight yards or a potentially intentional grounding just by your understanding of managing the game at a high level. Facts. That makes me think about that that Luke play. And after Luke, well, you say, hey, motherfucker, we watch film too. You know what I'm saying? Play match. <laughs> That Dang that it. was a, a a play that makes me think that you know what I'm saying is someone who I don't think do you think you got credit for playing above the net right you were no. Superman and do shit other people can't I remember yeah. sitting in, in the cigar bar with you you just talking X's nose and I'm gonna be honest I'm like damn I, I didn't know Cam lose football like and that yeah. to me it sounds crazy you've been in the league for mm-hmm. one of the not just in the league one of the best quarterbacks in the league for so long and I think you always hear on TV you know Cam just does this does that. But when you was talking about like, okay, he's top tier in terms of his X and O's knowledge. Yeah, I think it, it. a lot of how I play may be surface level to the average Joe. You know what I'm saying? Oh, anybody can do what Cam does. You know what I'm saying? Until you take your ass out there and you try to do <laughs> what I do and it's harder than what you think, right? So this whole thing, this whole narrative of we're the hope. I say it on every single platform, and we must acknowledge this. We are living in the golden age of athlete generated content, and it's such a beautiful thing. Like, that's gone are the days where we, we get our information or our sports content from a person like Stephen A. Smith, like Scott Van Pelt, like you know, these journalistic personalities that have everything, you know, from the degrees and, and being beat writers for so many, like Skip Baylesses of the world. Now you have the Cam Newtons, you have the Deshaun Watsons, you have the Pivots, you have Shannon and Ocho, you have, you know, I Am Athlete, you have all, you know, Pat McAfee, right? We're giving you a real in-depth look at what it really feels like acts like the preparation what it's like going into each and every week and yeah somebody would say can not really know ball like that but shit bro you don't play as long as i've played by just doing it you know what makes you just brought for a point what makes both of y'all have endless amounts of money right y'all not gonna run out yeah what makes y'all want to get in the media like what makes y'all want to talk to people about the sports landscape uh, and fill people in and give them this content. You don't need to do it. What makes you want to do this? What makes you passionate about it? I think, I think for me, I would say just what Cam just said, just like giving people real access to like what it's like playing the position. Well, because everybody can get on TV and say, oh, this, this, that, the third, or this person is thinking this, but nah, nah, if you ain't in the position, if you ain't played the quarterback at the highest level, yeah. you don't know what that feeling like. You don't know what that pressure is like. You don't know how much weight you got on your shoulders 
when you step out on that field. So I, I feel like, you know, a lot of shit get misconstrued or like, yeah. get said the wrong way. And I feel like I want the opportunity for us to be able to, to speak how we speak. But it's but hear me out though too, and let's clear this up. Just because you haven't played, that does not necessarily mean you can't speak your truth. Right. I agree. But yeah. this is this is the narrative, right? Because you have played, that should give you the validity to speak on it, and it hasn't. It's like, right. let's take this this recent event with the game manager versus game changer. It came, the narrative was Cam's bitter. It came with Cam's hating. It came with Cam don't know what the fuck he talking about. He just mad that he not in the league no more. Rather than saying like, yo, I'm just doing what y'all motherfuckers been doing for years. <laughs> Are y'all bitter? Are y'all hating? Are y'all this? Are y'all that? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yo, instead of s s talking about what I said from the media analyst standpoint, you talk about how I'm dressing. You talking about this, that, and the third. Well, Dak had a better career than Ken. Like, we're not talking about that. We're no. talking about what I said. And if anybody should have any validation or stamp of approval to speak on this, it should be me. Not Skip Bayless. It should be me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So the reason why I got into media is simple. I want to control my own narrative. And I like to smoke cigars. I like to drink wine. And I like to do it in the confines of my own environment. So, yeah, having having capital to be able to invest in yourself or invest in your art, it makes the most sense. Why have ESPN pay me $350,000 or $1.2 million when if I do what I'm supposed to, I can flip that into $10 Because at the you end of the day, any any media conglomerate platform they make their money off of advertising the bulk of their money off of advertising but if i could sit up here and say hey the same viewership that i have on my platform is either funky friday or fourth and one it's the same viewership that y'all getting from undisputed or you know what i'm saying whatever other sports show that you guys have so instead of paying them why don't you pay me simple logistics my dog does have a million followers on his I mean on his YouTube. So the YouTube is booming. Y'all both watch y'all both watch playoff football this week. We got to see, to me, two of my favorite quarterbacks going right now. Jordan Love, CJ Stroud. How did y'all feel about them watching them play the game? What do you think about their performance? I, I started with CJ, because uh, I was there. I was on the sideline. Uh Really, his you confidence. Had to hurt your a little bit. You know what I'm saying? You can, you can tell when he, when he step on the field, his confidence, the way he operating throughout the scheme, uh, that the coaches ask him to do it. You know, it, it, you can tell the moment never get too big for him. You can tell. You can tell like he's he's running an offense the way he wants to run it, and everybody else around him is making plays. You know what I'm saying? I can throw a little check down screen like Cam said for two yards, but instead of going two yards, he's going 85. You know what I'm saying? Like. The guys around him are playing, playing at a high level, and he playing at a high level too, and it's, it's clicking for him. Can I ask a question that the people want to know? Ask a question. The floor is yours. Say less. D-Y, my boy. Keep it above. What's up? It make you feel a certain type of way that C.J. Stroud in in Houston baller right now? Do it make me feel? Honestly, nah. They don't, and I and okay. I say and how I say do, this because how do you feel? Because how do I feel? You was you, you was H Town, you was H Town baby, like yeah. <laughs> everything that kind of I remember. I remember texting you. I remember texting you um, through the draft, and I said, "Bro, you really got the best place to be." H Town will welcome you with open arms because I I went to JUCO in, in Brenham, which. You, I would always right, have to fly right into Houston. You see what I'm saying? But the humanistic side can't take over. Not hating, but it's just like, right, right, right. Nah, nah, I ain't even, I ain't even that type of, ain't even that Dang. type of dude. You feel me? Like, I, <laughs> I ain't even that type of dude to sit there and just have any type of hate. Like, cause I, I, I've been there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, 
I, I won a wild card game. Now, you know what I'm saying? But like, yes, she just didn't, you know, it, it didn't go our way. Business is business. And, yes, you know, we, we parted ways. But like, for me to see CJ and like how you was with me. Yeah. I trained, we trained together. Like I yeah. came up, like CJ was the same way in California when me and Q was out there, like he was right there with us. We yeah. got the same agent. Like from day one, I've always been like, right when he got drafted, take over H-Town, it's your city now. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Anything you need, you got it. Like I've all been that big bro, you know what I'm saying? In the yeah. distance where it's just like, yo bro, handle, your, handle you what you gotta handle. You feel I'm me? Glad, I'm glad you said that, right? To, to expunge any mm, thought. Do you see what yeah. I'm saying? Like, people yeah, don't but, realize like, bro, even though as alpha males as a football player could be, there is a side of football that motherfuckers really fuck with each other. You know what I'm saying? I, I yeah. love what Dave got going on with you guys, doing a lot of the athletes first kind of initiatives of keeping y'all together. You know what I'm saying? You see it, you True. feel it, right? And what I did really, not just for you or like you, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to give back your time, energy, effort, knowledge, know-how, wit, all that. And be like, bro, take off. You feel me? I'll use me as a resource. You see what I'm saying? So, right. you know, for for you seeing his success, it shouldn't, you know, make you feel any type of way. I think the competitive side will always be like, yo, like it is what it is. It's shit. Yeah, had, I, I, had I been the quarterback for Cleveland, it would have probably oh, yeah. been a little different. But other than that, it's like shit, bro. Young man rumble. You dig what I'm saying? So right. yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what my mindset was. Just like you said, it's just like shit. If I was on the field, then it's like, yeah, we're gonna compete and we're gonna go blow for blow, but like you know, I, I, you know, fortunately I'm hurt. So shit, do your thing, young buck. Yes, sir. Now, Ken, he was up there. You watch CJ Stroud, you know what I'm saying? Look. He might've took your title as the best rookie quarterback season ever. Mm -hmm. You agree, you disagree? How do you feel about that? Honestly speaking? Truly, all I want is honesty. You let the motherfucker win another damn game like he just did. He ain't just talking about rookie of the year. He talking about league MVP. That's uh -huh. you know what I'm saying? So shit, fuck the rookie. Like this motherfucker is out of his mind right now. You know what I'm saying? And it was also shit. I had just I had just signed this little uh this deal with prize picks and we had like Cam's picks was like publicized and I was saying to myself, it's like, yo, are you gonna think um CJ Shroud's gonna throw for more than 256 yards? And I was like, man, Ricky, hell nah. Lower. You know what I'm saying? This motherfucker <laughs> had damn near 240 in the first half. I was like, oh, <laughs> at the half mark. You know what I'm saying? That's easy work. But even to that, it I had them picking, I had them win. But when you have pundits in the in the sports media space that says, yo, there's no chance, 0% chance that an NFL rookie quarterback can win versus the, you know what I'm saying? Like where, do, where does that accountability kind of be held at? But off that, I think one of my favorite players to actually watch right now, it's gonna, it's gonna kind of surprise a lot of people. It's the team, not just the player. I love watching the Detroit Lions, bro. I'm a fan too. <laughs> Dan Campbell, that guy right there, bro, every single time, like no homo, bro. Every single time this motherfucker go through a damn metal detector, bro, it's gonna go off. Motherfucker balls of steel, bro. Yo, this motherfucker here is fucking, he got ice water in his veins, bro. It's like fourth or five. What's that? He played fucking the game, he played. An uh, actual game like Madden, bro. And when you got a guy like that that's willing to say, nah, it's a, it's all four down territory. We cross that 50, it's four down territory. Like, real shit. That's a coach that, damn, bro, is so fun watching. And then Jared Goff is another game manager, as I spoke about, but he's doing it in such a way that really? people honestly thought Jared Goff was going to be traded to Detroit to live out the rest of his days. But shit. Like, <laughs> they ain't think the yeah. days are gonna be long either. They thought he was about yeah. to wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, I, what I mentioned last week, Q, I said, I said Detroit gonna go in there and Jared Goff 
He gonna he gonna take them boys to another level, and that's what he's been doing. I Man, think Jared listen. Goff is a. Go ahead, go ahead. Jared Goff is a super solid quarterback. Mm. Super solid. I like I like watching guys like Josh Allen right now. Josh yeah. Allen, Jordan Love, those are two of my favorites. Josh Allen is great because you can see him start thinking like, "Damn, I think I could do anything," and that throws the I whole have... team off. But when All he right. just goes as a game manager, like he's supposed to be a game manager, you yeah. like, oh, this motherfucker cold. Yeah. But too, with Josh yeah. Allen, similar to me, the overarching theme with Josh Allen has always been protect the football, bro. Like when he go rogue and go on all these little scrambling and he running and it's just like, bro, why would you throw that? Or why would you do this? <laughs> Like on one front, you'd be like, you can't tell him what to do. And then on the other front, it's just like, well, shit, step back and let him do what he's going to do. But this is this is what the NFL is gearing up to be. Of course, if I were to ask everybody right now, who is your NFL Super Bowl uh, favorites to be in the Super Bowl? It'd be the, the juggernauts. It'd be Ravens or 49ers. What we have already identified with how wild card weekend just took place. Somebody gonna damn be shook up because yeah. how the Packers was playing, how them damn Lions was playing, uh, shit, them Chiefs don't nobody want to see them either. Nah. It, it's so many different teams, shit. The Texans too. You got some young, hungry, very uh, counted out teams that America loves a underdog story, and boy, is it prime for the pickings for this Super Bowl to be. Some damn shaking up of, of somebody bracket or somebody playoff picture, but it is what it is. Yeah, Cam, I got to ask you a question. If you could take me through the tire, I don't know if you know this, but there's a day you lost $40 million. Do you know what day I'm talking about? Yes, sir. You know? Because <laughs> that happened, this happened to you, yes. The collective bargaining agreement changes. Where were you at when you found out, like, damn, I'm not getting this $40 million? Oh, I was in JUCO. Well, first off, I so when I was in junior college, uh, Matthew Stafford was the number one overall uh, pick, and I uh-huh. seen what he's done for, and that was all I needed to see, because I just needed an opportunity to show, like, okay, I belong here. That's me. Me being from Atlanta, College Park specifically, it ain't no ways that you can make seventy million dollars legally. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So I was like. Fuck, this is my way out, bitch. I ain't about to even cap with nobody. I'm about to start taking this shit serious, right? <laughs> then following up with that, when I had already committed to Auburn, um, Sam, Sam Bradford, Bradford, $78 million. Hit it. Boom. So I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, I ain't going to be here long. Don't even trip, right? Because now I knew I had an opportunity. I knew I was, I was in position to be the guy. Then when they hit the collective bargaining agreement or they changed the rookie wages scale, it was like, ooh, I signed for $22 million. <laughs> what like, I, what you wanted me to feel? Like, damn, I'm better than Sam Bradford? No, I was like, shit, $22 million still shit is making it out. So I knew I was gonna make that money any type of way and still to it, you know, I knew that that money it like some people say like that's supposed to be generational money. You don't think about it like that because your lifestyle, the things that you're used to, shit, that shit's spunt or it's about to be spunt. So I think really for me at that time, I was just excited to just have my name on the back of a jersey. You know what I'm saying? Let alone what I was missing. I I I can't cry over, you know, spoiled milk. I can't cry over, you know, money that I didn't necessarily make. I made it up on the back end and still making it, you know what I'm saying, right now where I'm just trying to sustain capital for me. That's why investing in certain things, obviously with the production company, understanding this whole media uh, space as a whole, like that's how you can can generate that type of funds. And, um, but yeah, it was it was a little disheartening. To, I'll be lying to you if you say like shit, especially seeing the careers and what I did versus what he did. I think he still made more than me in his career earnings, but shit. That's crazy. Shit <laughs> is what I <laughs> well, yeah. wow. I, I couldn't when I was looking at it, I'm like, there's no I, way that 
I'm getting ready for the draft. I see this man make $78 million. Yeah. And I'm not, did you ever think that you wasn't going to make the league? You go through the shit at Florida. Now uh-huh. you're at bleeding community college. Is there ever a point like, damn, I'm, I might not make it here? Hell yeah. Hell it's, you know what? Looking back at my whole experience in my career, shit, when I left Florida, they thought they'd never see me again. You know what I'm saying? Tebow, Urban, shit, all of them. But I think even with what he went through, allegedly, or what people know him for, Aaron Hernandez was a person that really kept me in my right mind, contrary to what people may think. Like, that was one of my best friends actually in Florida because he was, he came from Connecticut, I came from uh, Georgia. I didn't necessarily, I couldn't, I didn't have the means to fly back home or drive back home on the weekends where everybody, when we talk about the Pouncey Twins, Joe Hayden, uh, uh, Mod Black, all those guys, Major Wright, they was Florida people, you know what I mean? Me and me and Chico's relationship was kind of ignited when we was always had time by ourselves, you know what I'm saying? We would always gamble each other's money with that same $50 that rotated in the game of Trump 16 yeah. different times, you know what I'm saying? And whoever, how we, we were so stupid, whoever damn won, we had to pay for the person's food, you know what I'm saying? So it was just buying time. But when I left Florida, that was a situation where they just thought, okay, you're gonna be a typical other player you know, we'll hear about you. Hey, whatever happened to one of those type of guys? And, uh, you know, I remember Aaron Hernandez reaching out to me multiple occasions, but this particular time I was actually going, I was in Sugarland, right? Yeah, at a, H-Town at a, Sugar Lane. You know what I'm saying? I was at a friend's party or like he had a, um, a gathering or whatever. And I didn't even go in the party. I was talking to Chico this whole time. Cause he had just got drafted to New England, you know what I'm saying? Him and Spikes, uh, I seen what Joe Hayden had signed, uh, you know, being drafted by Cleveland, and man, that shit was all I needed just to to damn, bro. I white, we worked out together. We was in Springs Complex, you know what I'm saying? The dorms together, grinding and and just all, you know, just dreaming about this opportunity. So dare I not say that the humanistic side of me didn't take over at times and be like, damn, bro, I fucked up. But the beautiful thing about life, especially, you know, the God that I serve, man, it's about second chances and doing right by that. So, uh, man, I, I, I never I never wanted to mess up that and it's all right. And um, yeah, like, it was real. I got one more question for you. Talk to him. You can keep this or not. I've heard many a stories, right, about the UF locker room. I heard about a wrestling match where you got the best of Tebow and then they put a little fast one on you. Can you give me the ins and out of that? I need my research, man. Hey, boy. Hey. Sticky, boy. What Drake You know how sticky. What's going on? It's Quincy Avery here. Y'all keep asking about my beard game, how it looks so luxurious. I'm going to break it down better than I can give you the breakdown on the X's and O's. It's not just my genetics, my DNA. I have a very specific Scotch Porter lineup. Wash, condition, balm, serum. That's a regular regimen for my beard that's full looking and healthy looking. Always camera ready, whether I'm about to go on a date or coaching on the field. Now, here's the major keys. Scotch Porters has clean, non-toxic formulas that actually work with real results. And because I've got your back, I've secured the exclusive for you. Hit the link and use code QBUnplug. You'll see a $75 Scotch Porter bundle that you will get for free when you spend $50 and use promo code QBUnplug to check out. Upgrade your game with Scotch Porter. Your bid will thank you forever and ever. Hey, so check this out. True story. True story. Going back to me and Chico's relationship, right? Chico was like an instigator. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) This particular time at UF, and you can go back and you ask Joe, you can ask Spikes, you can ask anybody there. At the end 
of like a practice or a workout, like guys would just hang out in the locker room. But this particular day, like they were slap boxing or wrestling or, or whatever. So they kind of was around me doing that shit. So not knowing from where I'm from, we used to call it bamming. Like, bro, I bam your back out, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like that was a thing that we did in high school, right? Never really wrestled. So Chico hits me with the, okay, you say can't nobody bam you out. I know who can, but you know, instigating those situations. <laughs> Tebow had just came into the locker room or was about to leave the locker room. And I was like, bro, it's nobody in here, right? That could, you know what I'm saying, bam me out or or wrestle me, whatever. Yeah. It was like, Tebow, ah, Tebow, ah. Everybody hears it like, Tebow versus Kim, ah. Well, in, in Florida, if you had any type of disagreement in the locker room, you had to go, they'll say, meet in the, in the Gatorhead. You don't walk in the Gatorhead. Like, it's it's symbolic. Like, if you want to walk, you walk around the gator, and then you you proceed to your route. Any disagreement, you meet in the gator head. That particular day, me and Tebow met in the gator head, and we started wrestling, and it was just all fun and games for me. My mentality was always dog mentality. Like, yeah. fuck it. Like, you not. It, it, it is, it's going to be what it's going to be. You know what I'm saying? Don't get these motherfucking <laughs> both eyes and motherfucking glasses confused. <laughs> Right, I'm from college part, you feel me? Yeah. Anywho, that motherfucker came and we was going at it for about 10, 15 minutes. And I think what stopped it was he was getting too serious and I wasn't there yet. I was just competing, you know what I'm saying? I didn't want him to get the best of me. He didn't want me to get the best of him. But obviously, you know, tempers flared and something happened where it was like, I felt he was getting too serious. And I was like, Tebow, you... You a little rough now. And when I get rough, when I'm at your energy, I'm going to get suspended from the team. You know what I'm saying? I was smart enough to understand that. And then, you know, this is the day and age somebody would say, well, why didn't this content get out? It's like, first off, when I was in college, it was a razor flip flow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and sidekicks. You know what I mean? So it wasn't something that, you know what I'm saying, we had. But if you were to ask anybody about this particular situation, uh, they could confirm, so. Uh, but I would say this, in my closing about this whole experience, bro, if it wasn't no Tim Tebow, it would not be no Cam Newton. I think what I was able to learn from him by him knowing that I'm learning from him directly and indirectly, I seen how he prepared. Motherfucker was a beast. And I think the discouraging thing about being on that roster was that I knew I was better than him. That was the and competitor talking, but I never would have had an opportunity to compete for the starting job. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because of his, the amount of success that he was able to amass over that time, I can honestly say I backed up a Heisman Trophy winner. And at that time, he was the youngest Heisman Trophy winner to ever win the trophy, a sophomore, a true sophomore. And uh, yeah, and when he, one of the main reasons why I left Florida was that when he announced that he was coming back, I knew I could not, hell no, fuck no, I had to go, <laughs> I had to leave. Wait, so, you chose to leave Florida? I thought you had to leave Florida. No, sir, check the books. I no, chose, no, I'm, I... <laughs> no, 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 no. But some would say, didn't you get caught into this stolen laptop situation? By the time everything worked out, that was, already expunged from my record. I could have yeah, stayed. Yeah, that's just at, how the story gets out. Like, people talk about it like that, but oh, that, that makes me... But that was not the reason. The reason was Tebow came back, and Coach Meyer uh, did not acknowledge who the backup was. You know what I'm saying? My time at Florida was impact. Like, everything outside of playing was great. I built long-lasting relationships with people. I was motivated to be even better seeing the Percy Harvins of the world, the Lewis Murphys of the world, the Tim Tebow's of the world, the Brandon James of the world, seeing those guys go at it and competing at a high level, Brandon Spikes. But at the same time, the main reason why I went there was to play. So yeah, like you hear these different falsified, you know, situations and it was like, bro, that's not true. I left because I, the reason why I went to Florida, it wasn't happening. And John Brantley was the Gatorade player of the year he was already there too. He went to he went to Ocala High School, 
and his it was it was too rooted in like bro it's too many too many politics i just want to play fucking football also booby mouth shit (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's what it really came down to dog and and i think when we was making our run at auburn there would not have been anything more sweeter than to play Florida in the SEC championship. Oh my goodness, bro! That would have been. So hold on, hold on. So what? What made you choose Auburn? Because what was the other school? Mississippi State. Mississippi State. What Mississippi. made you choose Auburn over them? So, coming out of JUCO, how I got recruited by Auburn. Auburn didn't even come initially. Come and see me. They had. We had a. We had the preseason number one player of the year or player. Uh, number one player in the nation in Dexter Ransom. He was a receiver, 6'5", but during our season in JUCO, he tore his ACL. But he was still getting recruited. Um, Curtis Looper, right, was a Auburn uh, recruiter in Texas. He came down and he was watching film on Dexter. And he was like, bro, who the fuck is this quarterback? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And they wasn't taking no quarterbacks, you know what I'm saying? But obviously the film showed for itself. By the time he came to recruit me, I already told him, there is nothing about Auburn you can tell me about. I know more about Auburn than you know about Auburn. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. he had told me at that time he was only there for a year. So I was like, bro, if we can make this happen, even going to the degree where they was like, man, we got 22 seniors coming back. The reason why I chose Auburn over Mississippi State, I think Mississippi State had only had like three returning seniors at that particular point in time. And it still was Mississippi State. You know what I'm saying? I knew I would have had to garner so much pressure to to perform, which I wasn't afraid of. It was just like, yo, three seniors versus 22? Shit, y'all ready to win now. And I was seeing the type of losses the year before that they had, you know what I'm saying? It was, they competed very well, you know, with Nick Saban, uh, right. with that Alabama team. And it was just a lot of other close losses with a good quarterback. They probably would have, would have made it work. So yeah, I think my recruiting, my, my recruitment in high school mentally was different than my recruitment in JUCO because okay. for me, it was a business decision. At high school, you all off passion. Like when I came out of JUCO, it was more or less locked and low. Like, how am I going to be implemented into you guys' schematics? Like, have you ever coached a guy like me with my skill set? And Coach Malzahn at the time, he was a hot coordinator who had already been with the, uh, you know, responsible for the Wildcat in uh, in Arkansas, and you know, so shit. I went, I went with him, and it turned out pretty well. Fat, fast. <laughs> I, was, I was close too. I, I took a to little Auburn? trip down. I did. I did. No way. Who had yeah. NIL? If we had NIL when y'all was playing, who was going to run the bag up for? Listen, I would have ran the bag up, so probably Deshaun would have made more money. Cause shit. Oh, really? I was going to say you. That's crazy. I was going to say you. But, but listen, but listen, though. Listen, this is how it works. It's almost like it's a, it's a pay scale. Right. So the most excited person who was excited for Deshaun to sign what he was, I think it was Russell Wilson or that's so when, Oh yeah. You see how it worked? Like if Deshaun gets 66, then that right. means how to get 67. Right. You know, right. if Lamar gets 108, right. Jalen Hurts going to make 109. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I would have ran up the bag so much that now it would have put people on notice, like in order to get and keep Deshaun Watson, we gonna have to give him at least what Cam would have got. <laughs> and when I look at my situation, I look at Reggie Bush. Shit, Reggie Bush would have ran up a big bag and would have skyrocketed my nails. <laughs> Shit, so that's how it worked, bro. It working business like that and it working everything else. Hold on, I got one more cue. So when you when y'all play Bama though. Cause that 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 started off. Y'all played at Bama. Y'all was down twenty four zero. Yes, sir. What what was that? What was the what was the sideline like then? Like how how did y'all get that to turn around? Cause that, she, you know how Bama is. That shit. Yeah. Once you down twenty four zero, you didn't play. You didn't play at Bama though. No, nah, like, nah, I didn't play. I played. Yeah. Just, yeah. I'm saying that's what I'm saying. It, it's different. Yeah, I think man, that whole year for me was such an emotional roller coaster. 
And I learned a lot about myself, being able to compartmentalize at such a young age, you know what I'm saying? I was going through the NCAA uh, investigation all yep. the while putting up big numbers on Saturdays. And it was just like, yo, how the, how am I doing this right now? You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> you know, Nick Saban, there's a lot of teams that celebrate and steal. And we are a week removed from him announcing that he's walking away. So uh, his, his ability to make good players play great and make great players play exceptional it was something like this game has never seen. Uh, right. Being down by it, it, I think our energy at halftime was like, bro, let's just take one play at a time. Like one play. Like, we walked into a damn hornet's nest, a hornet's nest and uh, ant bed at the same time. But shit, yeah. we got to just stomp that shit off and just figure it out. You know what I mean? But when it was all said and done, man, you know, it was a situation where we can all look back and say, damn, like we did that. And we needed a lot of things to work. Uh, scoring early and fast was was one of those things, but also too, just off the mere fact that we had a lot of good leadership in that locker room. And from my time playing, and even that the things that I, that I carry over in business is harmony is everything. You know what I'm saying? You need the running back to worry about the running back. You don't need the running back worried about the guard. You don't need yeah. the damn quarterback trying to catch. You don't need the DB trying to be the D-line. You don't need the coach trying to, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody has to be harmonious to what their job is. And I think we had that in that locker room where everybody knew, shit, we all got to be better. And if if your number's called, make the motherfucking play. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Because my faults or my bads don't help nothing, especially when you're already down, so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why you got anything else? So, I mean, shit, we can chop it up all day. Oh, here, oh, yeah. yeah. My cigar ain't even out yet. You feel me? <laughs> I got you know, more questions. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna try to let Walt work. Hey, nah, for sure. So I think I think my one of my biggest questions though the the run to the Super Bowl. Yes, sir. And that was I know that was crazy. Uh, cause I was I was kind of a you know, I think that's when I was at Clemson. That was twenty fifteen. Yeah, I'm already yeah. That's when you used to make the trip down to, to North Carolina to show hey. me. Well, I'd be like, Wow, where are you going? Um, I'm about to hang out with Cam. Okay. I'll tell you I tell you just for 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 people to understand <laughs> me and Deshaun's relationship, right? So Deshaun was my first quarterback on my all-star team. Right. And I've always had connection to him in that regard. I've seen him at Gainesville. My last high school game was at Gainesville. Um, and I remember seeing Deshaun as a ball boy for the Falcons. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like he would come over when we would play uh, Atlanta and Carolina, when we would play Atlanta at the Dome at the time, shit, Deshaun was like, bro, you like, what's up, big bro? You all right? Da, 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 da. <laughs> I owed it as a service to be able to always look out for it, not just him, but everybody who ever came through the program. <clears throat> well, when Deshaun was highly touted coming out of Gainesville High, he decided to go to Clemson. And for him, I just wanted him to know still today, it's just like, bro, you can use me as an asset. Some people do it differently. I don't necessarily care for people to even know our affiliation. But right. at the end of the day, I owe it. I owed it to him to show him how to move when you get into my situation. You feel me? Yep. So this particular time, you know, Deshaun had came down with a receiver. You feel me? And it was just like, bro, this is this. If you wanna, if you wanna parlay, this how you parlay. You know, just say the same way I had to find out how to move because I didn't necessarily have an OG in the game. Like I had to figure out a lot of shit by myself. You feel me? So while he was at Clemson, if you came up, bro, like I'm going to show you how to move. I'm going to show you how to act, interact, get in, get out, still have your name be clean, but still having a good time at the same time, making sure that you always keep the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing is on field success. You feel me? In having certain situations of people in place to, to always fight on your behalf, whether it's reservations for restaurants, whether, you know, certain things, certain, you know, however. 
So anytime, you know, he was available to come and, uh, you know, your best friend, um, what's my boy name, man? It was Tay Scott, wasn't it? It was Tay who went with it with you, right? Yeah, yeah no, 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 no. I'm talking about, I'm talking about back in Gainesville. I'm talking about Fred. Oh, Freddy. You're talking about Freddy. 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 Yeah, bro. Fred is a good, genuine, yep. clean spirit type of guy, man. And, and Fred, well, at the time I was like, my best friend is Deshaun. So Deshaun kind of trying to anchor Fred, like, bro, this is how you got to rock and roll. This is how you had to move. Like Deshaun that got me into some great situations and got me out of some fucked up situations, but people would never see Deshaun. They're going to always see Cam, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, long story short, man, I've been, I've been on a campaign with, with, with promoting uh, Deshaun uh, in a way where I've been extremely proud and always now being away from the game, when you in my position, I can always put you up on game like, yo, bro, this is a good deal, this ain't a good deal. And it's coming out of love, bro. Like, I think the best thing that I could do for the younger generation is make sure that I tested the product first. And that product may be business, that product may be media, that product may be transportation, that product may be the restaurant bit or being a restaurateur, anything that you wanna say, hey, yo, bro, like, how did you do this? I can really tell you and speak on these type of things because I was a part of it first and say, hey, listen, this is who you need to stay away from. This is what you need to be prepared for and X, Y, Z, man. But, you know, 2015 for us was a, I could lose. I could, oh, everything was just, <laughs> I could lose, bro. I could lose. I mean, bro, on the field and off the field, bro. I could not lose. Yeah. <laughs> And but you know it was it was such a what a time to be alive, bro. Uh, but that's when the album came out too. I think I'm trying to tell you what a time <laughs> to be alive. Like that's that's some of the situations, bro. I just look back, man, and I'm like, before you could compare somebody to to what I really did, like I really put some states on my back. You know what I'm saying? And I loved it. I, I love that responsibility. You feel me? Because it wasn't because I did something stupid. It wasn't because I was smoking weed. It wasn't because I done, you know, I was a part affiliated with gang violence. It wasn't because I was, you know, domestic dispute, you know, conduct detrimental. It was because somebody just felt like I can't play football no more. And I'm okay with with walking away from that situation. And I control my own narrative to that degree. And that's still subjective. So, you know, I just don't want kids or, or you know, young kids growing up thinking that they got to be something that they not. It's like, bro, you're a football player. You're a basketball player, bro. Keep that the main thing. And the real ones that's around you, they know how to fight your battles. They know how so to handle Hold on, hold on, hold on. Watch out, Deshaun. You good. And they're going in the car, bro. We'll handle this. You know what I'm saying? Like that real shit that I had, like. I'm from Atlanta. I say that everywhere that I go. I ain't you ain't never heard nobody play over my name. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not about to sit up here and throw no gang signs in the screen and do all this. But it's just a respect that I, I operate off of, and it's my due diligence to teach the young kids or the young cast that's coming up how to do the same thing. You ain't gotta fight them silly battles. For what? I, I got a real question. Why? Why are you not playing no more? Because was it last year? I hit you like. And you know this GM just hit my phone oh. trying to figure out why you didn't answer the phone because he wanted you to play for him. So did you just be like, no, nah, I'm good? Because I think, I mean, I know teams wanted you. Because you yeah. was like, no, nah, I'm not answering that call. No, nah, it, it ain't that. It, I think a lot of teams wasn't giving me the, the, the type of attention that I wanted. You know, I didn't have a problem. And I, ooh, I, I got another story for you. I, I gave Carolina a list of people who I would have backed up. And one of those individuals is sitting on this phone call right now. Yep. The fact, the fact that they didn't evolve, involve me in that situation, that's why he didn't come. And I told, it was Steve Drummond at the time. I said, Drummond, I know how to, I know how to get the shun. That's my boy, you see what I'm saying? Like, and when I talked to you, you was like, what, what? And <laughs> and like, hold on they didn't tell you what the fuck going on yeah, no, so, so really after that season after that season since we keeping it above 
The plan was to bring me back. I told them, I'm not backing up Sam Darnold. There's no way. I could compete for the starting job with Sam Darnold, and if he wins the battle, cool. That's what we could do. But I give you a list of people who I'm willing to back up, and at that time, uh, what's my boy? Um, golly, man, C1N in, uh, in, in Tennessee. Um, uh, it's not Malik, is it? Malik. Hey, Malik. Yeah, Malik Willis, yeah. Yeah. I told them, I said, if you draft Malik Willis, I could be that backup and prepare him for, you know, that next level. I also said, hey, this was the time where, you know, Deshaun was becoming available. I was like, bro, why wouldn't you evolve me on these type of trips? Oh, but I'm just a I'm just a player and I just need to shut the fuck up and, you know, whatever. But I'm like, dog, they, y'all can't keep playing this monopolized approach with suppressing players and not giving them the authority that they deserve. It's like, bro, I could have got Carolina, Deshaun Watson, a surrogate son who played in South Carolina and Clemson. Yeah. And what yeah. better way to pass it off? And it would not have been no dispute. It's like, yo, Deshaun, like, contrary, this was after all the minutia. It was like, bro, you need a nigga like me. as part of my French. You need a motherfucker yeah. like me to really tell you, like, no, bro, like, uh-uh, we chilling. <laughs> you know, yeah. you want this? Cool. Like, hey, I got the, you know, whatever it is, that's what this, the, the, the system was, but it was only being handled on some spoon feeding type of shit. And that's what I didn't like. I was like, bro, if y'all going to fly with Deshaun, it will behoove you to take me with y'all to go talk to Deshaun. They don't need no Scott Federer or no damn David Tepper to the, do that. Matt Rule, Matt Rule is that talking? I'm like, like no. what the fuck, they, how they gonna relate? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hello. Goodbye. Hello. <laughs> Goodbye. Like, what are we really talking about? It's like, bro, it's one of them situations where it's like, listen, bro, tell me how much you're trying to pay this motherfucker. All right, cool. Deshaun, come on, man. Let's go on a ride real quick. Let's let's handle yep. business. Right? <laughs> Simple plan. It would have been done that easy, but no, nah, Cam, shut the fuck up. Stay back there and whatever. Deshaun, come on over here. We want to talk. Hey, what? But it is what it is, man. I think uh when I when I was talking to teams or when teams was reaching out. It was all Mel's, no, you're going to be the backup. And I was like, no, if, if I felt that if I had an opportunity, a full off season of, of preparation, uh, I felt like I would have been able to put myself in a better situation than what it initially was. Um, and they didn't give me that. So that little 3.5 or 5 million that they would have damn offered me as a backup, I flipped that and and, and started a production company at a high level, so. Yeah. <laughs> Troll, yeah. You still wanna play? Right situation. Yeah. I see, I see a situation still- like, I see a situation like Joe Flacco, and that was what I walked into. Like, right, right, right. You know, learn, learn, learn the offense on the go and doing this, and I was like, bro, like, Bro, I got to sit down and, and learn this how I learn it. I can't learn an offense in two weeks and expect to execute it at a high level. And that's what I was asking myself, you know, from the Panthers when I went back. And then they fired their offensive coordinator. So I'm like, bro, what the fuck am I really signing up for? Like, this is a shit show. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, all in all, do that, that burning desire to come out, come outside of a tunnel or to score a touchdown, that would never leave. Yeah. And that's what people all I've always said. The retired players like, bro, that you would never find something that will scratch that itch ever. You know, and it's true. But I'm not gonna succumb to my standards, my non negotiables, and I'm fine. The body of work has already been done. Like people can't right. take that away from me. What I've been able to do for this league. And to this league is something that not a lot of people can say that they did. Uh, and I can rest my hat on that. Uh-huh. So so how do you say you're not a Hall of Famer? Like all the things you did, you changed again. Ain't another and another Negro in the NFL had kids wearing their cleats. Some high ties at that, right? And every that. tournament we went to. I said, man, what the fuck is that doing? Come on, man. Like, yeah. how are you not, how, you changed the way kids got dressed in the morning, what they yeah. wore to the football field, 
you know, this how, how are you, you? feel though. You know what I'm saying? The swagger, the Superman, like all that. You feel me? Like it, the it was just... towel, the 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 swaggy cleats. It's like, look, bro, all those things that you could say Cam was the originator, that's that's the only reason why I did that. You know what I'm saying? So I asked this question too. What's more important? Championships or impact? I'm an impact guy. Like, you are more deserving of Hall of Fame than Eli, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh. Watch out. You yeah. make old viral. Right. I'm not. <laughs> what, what you got? Because I'm just saying, like, if I look at football. I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know how hard this shit is to get to the Super Bowl. Like, sometimes luck go me on your side. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes, you know what I'm saying? The ball just got too many determinative factors in this sport of football. Just they just have, a quarterback. Niggas ain't yes, just a quarterback. Yeah. It ain't him. Listen, yeah, and you say that just because that person didn't win that one game and he yeah. did everything else, he came in out. That's crazy to me. I look at I look at a guy like Robert Ory or Allen Iverson. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. You'd be like, damn, Robert Ory got that many rings? He was on that team? Not to discredit him. Like, he had big shot Robert Ory, but like, hey, I don't. Hey, I ain't got no damn rings. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but people knew. They still see some of AI in the in the league now. You know what I'm saying? And I look at it through the lens where it's like, bro, my impact is felt. Like, I remember it I came into a league where nobody was wearing funky cleats. Like, nobody was wearing, like, different cleats or uh, crazy colored cleats. I was getting fined for that shit. Also, too, if it wasn't for my production company, by highlighting the walk-up, to the um to the damn stadium. Ain't nobody was caring about fashion before nah. me. I was nah. competing with LeBron. I was competing with uh Russell Westbrook because I was like, bro, they got 82 opportunities to prove that they swaggy. Shit, I only got 17. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so shit, I'm gonna try to make all these motherfuckers hit. Some of them caught people's eyes and some of them was like, what the fuck does he got on? But it still was the the uh the brashness and the boldness and the bravado like shit, motherfucker. I belong here. You know what I mean? You don't know where I'm from. Did I not tell you this already? <laughs> and 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 it was it was it was it was felt. You know what I'm saying? Like when I go to Carolina, and people appreciate what I've done. So Hall of Fame or not, the work is already done. My only regret by going back to New England was that I didn't play in front of the fans. I'm a person that, I'm a very emotional based person. I go off energy, I go off crowds, I go off, you know, this and that. And man, it was COVID, baby, they had nobody in the damn stands. That was <laughs> weird to me. That was like an exhibition, you know, practice uh, that, uh, uh, app or fucking Madden. That was just like, bro, what the hell is this? You know what I'm saying? But needless to say, you know, everything is what everything is. I'm not about to sit up here and say, I wish I, had an opportunity to do it over because everywhere that I went, people found people felt my presence there. And when you walk in that type of uh intentions, like you can't lose. You can't. You talked about playing for New England, playing for the best head coach ever. Mm -hmm. What what is that experience like? Because I've heard so many good things, some negative things. But I've never heard your side of it. What is what is that like? You end up getting released, but you asked for the release. So how, how did that go? They cut me. They 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 released me. And I remember it was Matt Patricia and uh Bill Belichick. And it was weird because the uh assistant at the time, sweet lady, she was like, Cam, uh Coach Belichick would like to see you in his office. And I was like, his office is down here. You know what I'm saying? She was like, no, no, no. He's talking to And I was like, oh, no. What the <laughs> it's happening. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, my God. I it is what it is. And and this is what I told him. I said, Coach Belichick, appreciate the opportunity. But what I've witnessed during my time here in New England, you're not only going to make me a better person, but you're going to make me a better businessman. And bro, he runs that organization or ran that organization, bro, like a Fortune 500 or Fortune 50 company. Everything, and I mean everything, was controlled or monitored 
by William Bill Belichick and to some degree. And he allowed his players to be to walk in their own truth. He didn't try to change me while I was there. If anything, he heightened my my football IQ because he was teaching me about other different things al along with other players. Like we would have team meetings, bro, talking about just certain situations in football games that can't happen. He's such a very forward thinker with with making sure that his football team is never in a position that they don't know what to do. And I was like, damn, like, bro, we was looking at fucking Lawrence Taylor film in modern day. I was like, bro, what the, is this Lawrence Taylor? Is this particular team meeting, bro? He was trying to get through to the defenders. Like, this is how you turn back a counter play. Like, boom, this is a perfect example. Lawrence Taylor, he had like five clips and he just dragging the uh, the the guard. Boom, boom. I was like, oh my God, I'm a quarterback. I ain't never got to see no Lawrence Taylor, but <laughs> look at Sweetie Pie. What's going on with you? <laughs> Quest, they said, hey, you gonna wait? Say what up. Hey, you know, kids. I got to talk clear. Listen. Hi. Hi. How are you? Yeah. Hey, listen, back in the day in Roman times, you know that. Yeah, you I had... don't get no back in the day. I don't even know. What's the headphones for you, man? Bastards, man. She was saying, look, man, we ain't here. But what I was going to tell hey. her. They, the, the fathers had to, to to sign off with the with the with the wives <laughs> of their daughters. So I got five sons. So you got options to prove to choose from, big dog. You know. <laughs> hey, I got a character right here on my hands now. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? A real character. Wow. I see, the the tournament. <laughs> I see that. But yeah, man. Cam, I appreciate you hopping on QB Unplugged with myself and Deshaun Watson. Yes, appreciate sir. you, big bro, man. Good to see you.